Hello all, welcome to another 10pm edition Adelaide Standard Time, South Australia. Long ways away from a lot of people, that's for bloody sure. Well on this one, I just um, was just about to start and I loaded up the bloody folder and um, I realised that I hadn't finished all my other um, topics that I was trying to cover on the last one. So I'll um, scroll back up. And it might just take me a minute, minute and a half to find where I left off with my other little shenanigans that I had produced on the last one. And um, we'll see where we go from there. No doubt about a 1 and 15 minute marker, give or take. And then we'll have an open line for my um, friends, fans and trendsetters out there. Sounds like a plan to me. Alright, we'll try and get into this. And I shall scroll back up now from the bottom to the top. there I reckon I've just um, I'm just trying to look for this pyramid one that was at the very end where I actually left off come on you've got to be here somewhere man you can do it you can do it actually in the meantime let me play this this is guy um, these guys are from China all right and they're um they're called the world they're called the Oha Uha Uha the knives times Muyan brothers they're called or sorry, the Kifs, Kifness, K-I-F-F-N-E-S-S. Been a big day with the reading, guys. I'm getting a little bit of that word, Lexia. Now, ah, stuff it, I'm not going to play that. No, no, I'm not going to play that. I think I might have found it here, actually. So I won't have to play that at all. Get straight into the show. I might even save that to the last at the end. It's very interesting. This guy, what he does, he... um. He's called the Kifnis, I think. Well, no, it's actually the Kifnis, Cross Muyun, M-U-Y-U-N. They're a young band. They're actually not bad. They've got a good little rhythm going on them. I'll give you a little taste. But what he does, if you're into that sort of thing, but this guy sits there with him. He does it on a few different ones. He done. It was the one I'd done a while back with the cat, just meowing and that. Hey, welcome to the room. Good to see you, Roy. And he's got a little, like, organ. He's got a... You know, he's got all sorts of instruments. And he starts adding his own into the background. So these kids are pretty... You know, he's playing the guitar with them. And then he starts putting beats. And it's really clever to watch, actually. It's a shame it's too big to send on certain platforms. Only Telegram will take it. Yeah, but... Just something different, you know. They've got a bit of a... Bit of something going there, you know. So what he does now, he puts down his guitar... And he's picking up a little trumpet light. Yeah. And now he's going to start playing that with his drum beats. He's whistling. See so what I mean? He's adding all this stuff in the background for him. Oh, they don't know he's doing it. And he just hears the song and he just does his own little thing. He's a bloody clever bloke. He does the drum beats. He picks up on it and starts getting that going. And now that's him playing like the... What's he, the trumpet in the background and... 
Yeah, he's yeah, a pretty clever dude. I don't know his actual name. He's on YouTube, actually. If you type in the Kifness Times Mullion Brothers, it's um, Worldly World. You'll you'll find him, and he's really good to watch. He's bloody classic. Yeah, he done one with a cat I used to play quite you know, a few months ago, and just a cat meow, and then he puts this little beat with it, and it's hard to explain, but once you see it, yeah, he's a very clever man. All right, let's get into this. South. Just one more. Yeah, there it is. Aha, found you. Good stuff. Right, that's a long one anyway. Um, so this this first one on the list I've got tonight is about Germany. You know, we've all, probably most of us have heard about the protest. And, um, yeah, we're going to have a, a call in line. Oh, you can't quite understand what I, do I speak too fast, Roya, for your language? Um, what language are you, Roya, in the room? You're, um, I thought you're Iranian, is that right? I'm not really sure. Oh, well, they, these things can't be helped, yeah. Lang, ling, language barriers and all these other issues. Um, anyway, the German city of um, D-E-S-S-A-U, Dessau, brought to a complete standstill as farmers' protests hit a fourth straight day, now fifth, and growing rapidly. Another thing that's hard to explain without actually seeing the numbers, it's quite huge. Uh, I guess for quite a few miles, this line of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven rows of cars, uh, trucks, and um, machinery, farm machinery, tractors, and all sorts of things. The other day, um, US and Britain carrying out an airstrike on Yemen um, was recorded. Uh, just getting up to date with what's been going on here. Okay, the next one here was, um, now there's been a thing going around with this flying jellyfish. don't know if anyone's seen that, getting around on the, the social media and what have you. It actually goes back um, even to a biblical painting I brought up of um, Jesus. There's a picture of him. They're not sure of the actual artist. It's about a thousand-year-old painting. And the painting shows you two flying jellyfish. No, I kid you not. Two flying jellyfish on either side of his, of the cross up in the air. What the hell's the odds on that? Oh, that's all right. I try and speak a little bit slower. Roy, I get a little bit passionate and I speed up. I've been speaking a lot faster since I haven't been drinking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not having a call in line just yet because um, I'm just presenting my things and then I'll have one. Unless you hit it by mistake, maybe. Did you hit it by mistake? I'm I'm actually quite willing to take you up because I would like to hear your language or how you would you like to have a quick call in and then hang up just a couple of minutes? Unless you hit it by mistake. You're most welcome. No, it's up to you. Might be a bit hard if you can't understand me. It might be a bit of a, a tricky conversation, eh? Now <clears throat> there was an I come across this article, um it was in a newspaper article. It was, um, uh, I can't see the name on it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's, it was the uh, English article back in July the 1st, 1954. Now, it's a flying jellyfish tailed a plane, crewman reports. So this is going back to 1954, London, the 1st of July, a crew of British airline reporters, I'm trying to read it from the paper, so it's a little bit blurry to read because it's been obviously 
you know, copied and put in here. All right, I'll get you up, just in case you've got to go. Um, you, you're you're up, Roya. Would you? Is there anything in particular you wanted to bring up or say before I continue? Yeah, don't see on the panel though. Well, that's really weird. Doesn't surprise me with this, the way things have been going with this at the moment. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, I can't hear you and I can't see you on the actual panel. So, it's like the other few days I've had someone actually on the panel that come in the room and, and they weren't up there. I'll try you again. Something a bit different tonight. Still didn't come up. Very weird stuff. All right. It's either that. Yeah, you. Hello. Hello, Roya. Hello. Hello, Osman. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, you're a bubbly one, aren't you? Hi. Oh, you're a bubbly one. Hi. How are you? How old are you, Roya? She... You're sounding pretty young there. I'm good. I'm good. You're good. I'm good. You? Yeah, I'm just slightly sort of fabulous. How old are you, age? Nimitunam Chimigi Ache Ozman. No understand. Um English very, very um chibigam. Age. <laughs> How old? Old you age, birthday? Ah, okay, Fahmidam Sepcon. Sepcon? What's Sepcon? Sounds like some alert. <laughs> Right, Sapcoin. Thirty-three. <laughs> oh, that's all right. You only sound about fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, you? Me? I'm an old duck. I'm fifty-two. I'm your. I could be your uncle. Fifty-two. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I'm fifty-two. Fifty-two. Pangjado. Fifty-two. Okay. I don't accept a relationship with anyone under seventy-two. So you had a lot there. Yeah. Well, well you sound um, a lot younger than what you you sound like. That's what, yeah. That's all right. Well, I'm going to continue my show. Was there anything you needed to say or you'd like to say before I continue? Because I'm going to have to continue, and then you can call in when I finish. Right, finish. Yeah, yeah. You call in in one hour, sixty minutes. You call. Name it in sixty minutes. Name it in a minute. Name it. You. But writing. Okay, writing. You, you count to 60, okay. Slowly, sixty times. And then we might have a conversation. Six times, yeah. Yep, nice and slow. All right, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put you on mute, okay, or drop you down. Do you want to go down now? Do you want to get off the panel, and I can continue? Mm -hmm. It's gonna be hard if you don't understand what I'm saying. All right. We might go around in circles here, so I might just put you... That's it. Thank you. Yeah, you can stay up there. Just keep yourself on mute for count to 60, very slowly, 60 times. We might be able to get there. All right. 
Okay. Um, all right, getting back to this jellyfish. So in London, yes, yeah, so it was, was London. A British um, airliner reported the plane was followed last night for 80 miles by seven weird flying black objects near Goosea Labrador. Captain James Howard, pilot of the New York to London airliner, said the mysterious escort vanished when a U.S. Air Force fighter plane came up to investigate. The British Overseas Airways Corp., the BOAC, Strat... I can't... I think it's Strato Cruise? Cruiser? Yeah, it's a bit hard to read. Uh, Strato Cruiser, I think it is, was at 19,000 feet, about 150 miles off, um, I think it's supposed to say off, but it says off Goose Bay when the objects appeared. They flashed into sight suddenly and obviously were not aircraft as we know them. Captain Howard said all appeared black and I will swear they were solid. They might have been five miles away. They stayed with us for 18 minutes. Quite a long distance they travelled with them. There was, so this is 18, was it? 18, yeah. Uh, 19,000 feet. Okay, so I think that's the usual airliner, isn't it? About 20,000 feet. Um, There was a big central object which appeared to keep changing shape, flying jellyfish, we dubbed it. Sometimes it was wedge-shaped, sometimes like a dumbbell, sometimes like a sphere, with a tail-like projections. These six smaller objects dodged about either in front or behind. It sort of reminds you of the, um, what do they call them in the Second World War? Uh, Foo Fighters, I think they called them. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, so there you go. There's a report in the tele... Um, I'm not sure the name of the paper. It's, oh, it's the Herald and or something and Sun. Tele, I think it's Telegram and Sun, S-U-N, newspaper, I'd say. Well, there you have it, eh? You never know. There's some, there was amazing... Um, a day ago in um, Norway had some most amazing um, auroras. It's um yeah, it's just like rainbow effect. It was one of the best ones I've seen actually. Greens, reds, violets, blues, light whites, hazels, oh, just all sorts of colours. Oranges, reds, just absolutely amazing. Um, this guy reckons that we're a hybrid race. What do you think about that, guys? Do you think it's a possibility? Let's see what the old mate's got to say about this. I haven't got the. The professor's name here. Sharing some of this information Let's have a quick look if I can pause it. Uh, we are a hybrid race. Okay. All right. I'm not sure of his name. He might say somewhere along here. I just got to turn it up a touch. Okay. Here we go. Some of this information with you. I am in the process of violating my national security oath. The planet Earth is and has been the subject of an extensive, detailed study by several extraterrestrial civilizations. The human race is a hybrid. We were seated here and we have had an intimate interrelationship with high technology advanced intelligence for hundreds of thousands of years it hasn't stopped they are still involved i'm not trying to frighten you but i'm trying to say to you that in the next very few short years you're going to be experiencing things that are going to literally change your life in ways you have never dreamed or imagined and you better be ready for it wow eh? 
hybrid race. Reminds you to let us create man in our image and our likeness. I believe this. I used to tan all the time, and not only did I never get sick, but I looked and felt great, this guy says. Notice many tanning salons closed down over the years. Make tanning beds great again. Let's hear his little testimony. I think he goes for about a two minutes, minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Three minutes. Have a listen to it. Were bad for you? Then keep watching this video. Exactly how she says. Basically, anything that they say is bad for us is actually good for us. In Rick Rubin's podcast, where he sat down with Dr. Andrew Hooperman and Dr. Jack Cruz, Dr. Jack Cruz mentions that he imagines that less than one percent of what is being taught in medical school today is in accurate that has incredible destructive potential that is why we are living in such a sick state is because we fear the sun we fear uv light when in reality we need uv light so tanning beds provide uva and uvb light which are responsible for vitamin D production, which is crucial for overall wellness, vitality, immunity, testosterone, hormonal health, all of it. And you're deficient in that if you stay indoors all day and fear the sun. It also provides you with nitric oxide, which lowers blood pressure and improves circulation and cardiovascular health something you're also going to be deficient in if you stay inside all day. So yes, especially in the winter months when UV is low or even absent, depending on where you live, I personally supplement with a tanning bed usually around once a week. So you don't want to burn, right? So start with the lowest dose. I think it's like three minutes that you can start with. Do that once we can gradually start to build up. Other things you can do to tan and avoid burning is watching the morning sunrise and the sunset. This is going to set your circadian rhythm, which is your body's internal clock, and basically tell your body how much melanin to produce. Uh, Stop, like don't wear sunglasses, so that way your eyes know how bright it is outside, because again, that's what tells your body how much melanin to produce based on the amount of light exposure that you're getting. So get outside more, uh, get in natural light, open windows if you're indoors, So, yeah, getting as much natural light. Uh, Number two, I already mentioned stop wearing sunglasses. Same thing with sunscreen. In the summer months and really any time, you want to minimize or completely avoid wearing sunscreen because that blocks the UVA and UVB radiation. Another thing that you can do is maximize evening light exposure because it is high in red and infrared rays, which are extremely healing to the body. So if you do end up getting burnt, getting out in the evening sun or supplementing with a red light therapy device can dramatically increase the time that uh, you'll have that sunburn and it will heal faster. Another thing you can do is stop consuming seed oils because we are what we eat. So if we consume damaged fats that cause oxidation in our body, that makes our skin more susceptible to damage. So eat a high quality diet and you will be able to absorb more UV light without burning. Yeah, um, a friend of mine, um, which I've got, I've got a device here actually is right next to me. What you can do with it, it's got a red ray on it, okay? I think it's a, I haven't used this for years. I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's got a, like a, 
It's got like a vibration suction sort of look on it where you can put it around on your back or your body parts that are sore and it concentrates on that area. But you can actually take the cap off. And behind the cap, it's got a red ultraviolet um, ray. And it's just interesting that he mentioned red because getting back, a friend of mine said, when you lay down, put it into your, like right on your ear because you can have it on hot or just normal. It's like a heating sort of pad. It's hard to explain. You, hold, you know, like a hairdryer looks, but without the big nozzle on it, sort of that size. And um, it's got functions on it and blah, blah, blah. And you can change it to red or just normal um, heat vibration or just um, like a, a less, it's very slow, just a massage sort of feeling. And you can um, you can use that to, um, to use it. And she said, yeah, put it into your ear canal because it's really good for your brain, especially your pineal gland. So I might start trying that out just for, like, um, getting that extra connection, you know, the ether and all those sort of aspects. But also great for, you know, if you've got certain pains. a bit hard for my back, though, because of the shape of it to sit it right behind me. I've got other pads and that. I've got, that's my main problem is my damn lower back and upper back sometimes, but more my lower. I've got some bulging discs and things like that. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, it'd be great for even red therapy for, like, you know, knee problems and things like that, I'd gather. So I'm going to have to start using that as well. I've got this other amazing thing. It's called a Zen Chi machine. And what you do, um, you lay down, and it's it's probably the size of uh, uh, two big shoe boxes, maybe two and a half, three in size overall. It's like a box at the bottom, and on top of it, it's got this mechanism that goes side to side. Probably about, I don't know, four inches each way or maybe three inches, just a like that. And it's got a little timer on it. So what you do, you lay down and put your ankles in it. So you're flat on your back. Just put a um, as flat as you can on your back. Maybe just a very um, thin pillow if need be. <clears throat> and um, just lay on a, you know, blanket or a sheet or towel or something. And just, yeah, lay down on the floor and... It's better the harder the better, you know, than a really soft bed or anything like that. I wouldn't put it on a bed. And it's really weird. Relax as much as possible. And this thing is just, it's great for chi. It's great for opening up your um your chakra points for sure. The weird thing about it after, I usually have it for about a minute and a half, maybe two. And then when it stops, it's um it's this amazing rush that goes up your body from your feet. It's, it's like um, if anyone's ever opened up their chakra or energy points and had that feeling of the kundalini, I guess you could call it. It's just this, it's a real peaceful feel until it's just like this, to just go straight up your body and up through your head. Amazing little machine. <clears throat> I think a friend got it for me years ago. I think she actually bought it on eBay. They're called Zen Chi, just Z-E-N-C-H-I machine. Great little thing, great device, especially if you're not very mobile, you know, and you need, and it'd probably be really good for wheelchair-bound people where they can lay down and get that uh, movement up through their legs and their body if they can't even move their legs. <clears throat> there was this really weird thing that happened the other day. Um, I think it was two days in the um, skies of Florida. There was this, it was like someone had just put a line straight down between the middle on one side, just like a perfect line, slightly Slightly bent to the left a little bit, nearly straight up and down. And the whole one side was just completely orange and black colours. It's just like, a, you know, like the most amazing orange sunset you could see. The whole sky from top to bottom, pretty much. And then right down the other side of the line, it was just completely grey and white. It, 
very weird, very weird. Um, at the moment, Israel's facing charges of genocide at the international court. I think this is um, started off with South Africa. I'll just have a quick look at this. I'm not sure what's going on. We thank our legal team for having able presented our case in a conjured manner, and we believe they've presented a compelling case before the ICG. We also thank the court for granting the... This, I, don't, I think this guy, is a, um, he was from actually South Africa, I'm pretty sure, I'm not 100%, but this is at The Hague, this this um, speech. It was about two, well, this one was probably about more four or five days ago. Opportunity to the South African government an opportunity to present his case in real time. We believe this will be impactful, we'll be able to intervene in real time for the people of Palestine. Since the advent of our democracy in 1994, South Africa's foreign policy has been based on what our forebears inscribed in the Freedom Charter in 1955, <coughs> where they declared that, and I quote, South Africa shall be a fully independent state with respect the right and the sovereignty of all nations. South Africa shall strive to maintain world peace and the settlement of all international disputes by negotiations and not... There was a um, bit of a prophecy. I'm not sure if it was from the Boers or from the Africans themselves. I'm pretty sure it was a Boer. And um, they said that there would be a um, overrun or takeover or an invasion of South Africa. And they said that Germany would align with South Africa to help them out and um, and win the war or whatever it is, the invasion. So I don't know what a Germany and South Africa's relationships got to do, but this is going back oh, many, many years ago, um, probably 100-odd years ago or more. And, um, yeah, I'll have to try and find that quote, actually, or that prophecy. And i um, not sure who it was by or what, and I'm pretty sure it was a bore, though, that actually said that. Um, <clears throat> How Fungi Makes Our World Series... Um, there was a post. The Denver Airport. Now, that's a bit of a freaking mystery, that thing. I remember all the paintings and murals. I reckon there's a massive, massive, I have seen it under there. Well, yeah, there is. Massive underground complex there as well. And they've got, like, the horse, like the apocalypse, you know, this big blue horse just up on its um, two legs. Let's have a quick listen to this. Now... <clears throat> I think this is, I think the podcast, all these guys get together, they're, they're quite interesting. I'm not sure the name, it might come up on the screen. See Beyond the Veil. Have a listen the to Denver this. Airport. Oh, yes. Let's go. They used to have these murals put up, but they have. This is, yeah, this is, doesn't say their name, but um, it goes for one minute and 11 seconds. Only a short clip. The Denver Airport. Oh, yes. Let's go. They used to have these murals put up, but they have since taken it down because it got just way too much. Like, what the heck am I looking at? I'm just going to describe some of the things that were in these murals. Oh, no. Huge. This is terrible. Okay. This was in the airport. Kids would have seen this. Yes. Everyone, Everyone would have seen this. Got it. Okay. Children in coffins. Oh, my gosh. A forest and a city on fire. Uh, a child holding a Mayan tablet depicting the end of the world. Nice. What? A Nazi wearing a gas mask. What? <laughs> holding a sword that was stabbing 
a dove. Not tasteful. There was a mural of the children all over the world who had killed the Nazi, and they were bringing their weapons wrapped in their country's flag to a little German boy. Why? Who was at the center of it with a with a hammer. What? Can we just like a hammer like, like a communism? Yeah. When you tell these stories, I'm often thinking this isn't real, but as you're talking, I'm pulling up every single one of these images. I'm telling you, this is this is so terrible. But the one with the Nazi, it was showing like people that were like starving, and there was a woman holding her um, deceased baby. Oh my gosh, this that's is That's what I'm saying. Like, why is this in the air? You're in Colorado. Draw some mountains, buddy. Oh that's God. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a trip. As far as I know, they've got rid of all their murals now. Underneath the Denver airport. Yeah, that's right. It is massive. Absolutely massive. People look like little ants in there. It's that big. I don't know how high. 40 stories, maybe. It'd be pretty close to about 100 metres high, at least, maybe. 150. Yeah, I'd say close to about 100. One big bloody um, <laughs> underground freaking um, cave of a thing they've built there. I reckon construction was going for ages, con continual construction under there, months on end. Amazing what they can do. Just boring it out, you know. Now, what about this altar that was found on Mount Henron? Mystery history. Have a listen to this one. Mystery history. This one goes for, well, it goes for 19 minutes. I'm not going to play the full thing. I'll give you a five-minute taster to see where it goes, eh? We have often covered the astonishing ancient feats of engineering that went into the construction of the temples at Baalbek within modern-day Lebanon. The enormous ancient megalithic blocks that no matter how adamantly certain individuals claim as relatively recent Roman achievements cannot be explained. How the blocks were cut with the tools available during this claimed era, how they were moved to the location they are today found upon, or indeed any idea as to the techniques or methods utilized to have once perfectly placed them within the ancient structures. Additionally, there are many other ancient structures nearby that, although currently not recognized as having the same enormous stones used in their builds, still possess impressively sized megalithic blocks, masterfully completed architectural artwork, and other anomalies, which may link the sites to many other ancient works all over the globe. One of these sites in particular is known as the Niha Temples, Niha being a village in the Bekaa Valley within Lebanon, and although the ancient ruins are clearly of an advanced nature, they are, just like the inexplicable ruins of Baalbek, claimed as Roman. Interestingly, in addition to the Niha temples, scattered around the area are a number of mysterious altars that are precisely aligned with the summit of Mount Hermon. An additional fact of interest is that this location is recognized as 33 degrees longitude 33 degrees latitude. Is this possibly the reason for this degree significance within Freemasonry? Is this location why they are so interested in the geometry of the 33rd degree? Many legends surround this site, 
In particular, they involve a group of entities known as the Watchers, a purported group of supernatural beings who are known by many names, the Nephilim, Sons of God, Giants, Fallen Angels, Egregores, or indeed Demons. They are spoken about in the Dead Sea Scrolls, Books of Enoch, Scripture, among many other ancient texts. We find it intriguing that this location, which clearly possesses large numbers of enigmatic and incredibly ancient structures, which additionally display stonework, carved and created in the same form as many other ancient sites, also within the Temple of Neha, and possibly within many other of the stonework of the surrounding altars, are protuberances. These mysterious notches, which are also interestingly known as boss marks, another possible connection to this supernatural group, are found throughout the world, within the many unexplained ancient ruins, such as ancient Peru, the pyramids, Sacsayhuaman, and many, many more. Predictably, however, these ancient altar sites are rarely investigated or indeed shared by academia. Quote, During the summer of 1934, Dr. Stuart Crawford and Reginald Haupt led a small expedition in which we studied the ancient shrine surrounding Mount Hermon. We located many ruins, and in each case, the shrine was so precisely oriented that when the devotees were at them, they faced a chief sanctuary located upon the highest of the three peaks of Hermon. This rare insight was written by Reginald Haupt last century. We strongly suspect that when the now well-established Masonic influences recognized the importance of these sites, they were quickly shut off from any further public academic investigation. Who were the Watchers? Were they real entities? If so, are they still in existence? Is the 33rd degree, and indeed its importance within secret society, a mere coincidence? We feel that although predictably claimed as Roman, the precision within their alignments, along with the inexplicable nature of the enormous megaliths involved in their construction, is undoubtedly evidence of a far more ancient, far more advanced constructor. Yeah, very interesting stuff. It goes on a bit too long, though. Um, a bit too short to put as a show, a bit too long yeah, to publish. I mean, a bit too short to publish, a bit too long to put through the whole show. Um, this is an interesting slide regarding now. I don't usually like to get into these sort of things, but it's just um, this is Professor Dr. Arnie um, Burkhardt. He's a German pathologist. He presents an unsettling uh, slideshow revealing that in the vaccinated males, the spike protein from the um, COVID shot has entirely entirely replaced their sperm. Um, a bit of a worry, that one, that's for bloody sure. I guess it depends, I don't know. There seems to be all sorts of different batches and, um, yes, it was sort of like a bit of Russian roulette, but this is his findings anyway. It goes for... Just, just under two minutes. That the spike protein is produced in the deltoid muscles where the vaccine is is uh, uh, administered, injected. But we could show it in almost all organs, more or less uh, explicitly. And here you see a case 
where we show the testes. And uh, you, you can see that uh, in this 28-year-old man who had a healthy son uh, and who died 140 days after injection, the spike protein is strongly expressed in the uh, spermato, uh, spermatogenic uh, organ in the testes. And you can see there are almost no spermatocytes in here, but uh, and, uh, it's strongly expression of uh, uh, spike protein in the spermatoconic tissue. So uh, uh, also in elder persons, this is an old man, and you can see here also a strong expression in the sper spermatogonia. There's no, uh, not one single spermatozoan in this uh, and a strong expression of the spike protein. So if I may make a personal comment, uh, this is not a scientific comment. Uh, if I were a woman in fertile age, I would not plan a motherhood from a person, from a man who has been vaccinated, unless... I think these pictures are very disturbing, very disturbing. Hmm. I'm not sure if that's one certain page. I don't think he actually... Just let me think. I'm sure he said a certain brand at the beginning. Just want to double check. That. Shows that uh, actually we could confirm that the spike protein is produced in the deltoid muscles where the vaccine is... Uh, is uh, uh, I think he said data mining or something like that. I couldn't quite understand where he was going on that one. Yeah, because there were some bodged batches as well, they were saying, that um, caused a lot of problems. So I was just wondering if there's a, a slight difference between the three or four of them that were producing it. Um, all right, this one's just, it's quite long. I'm not going to play it. It's about the Miami, yeah, yeah, the Miami thing. I've covered a bit of that. Miami creature, new footage. Uh, why didn't that come up before on mine? That's weird. Um, Devil's Tower. Now, the most uh, you dig in front of the tree. Must you? I think I'm, I might be at where I covered last one. Actually, it's about the Devil's Tower. They say that the mystery of the origins of the Devil's Tower in the USA. The most common comment on this is, and you dig. If it's a flint tree, there must be roots. Dig. Scientists from the Wyoming State Parks Department took photographic um, seismic measurements. We found what looks like a giant root system organically um, originating from the base of the Devil's Tower. The root system was measured to be 6.4 kilometers deep and 11.2 kilometers wide. We are currently conducting research and tests to confirm that it is, in fact, a root system and not a coincidence. Not for nothing did the Indians call this mountain the Tree of Life. Okay, it seems that once again someone will have to rewrite the history of the Earth's development. Yeah, I brought up an Indian one, um, Native American prophecy, or a reading about that the other day. Now... I've definitely, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've covered these ones. So let me have a look. I might have to go back down to the bottom now. The New York Tunnel. Yeah. 
The New York tunnels have covered that. So I've obviously, okay. I'll just reread this. I wasn't 100% sure. I reckon this is where I was just about to start the next one. I was sort of working down instead of up before, so that was the problem. These countries have declared um, support for South Africa. So that um, thing that I brought up about South Africa with a case, genocide case against the US, um, against Israel. So these are the other countries that are um, pretty much going along with it or proceeding with the, with the. Um, I guess I don't know if it's under pretty much the Geneva Conventions or what they're going uh, Going, what they're going along with here, but it's to do with um, war crimes. Um, Algeria, um, where have we got here? Um, Bahrain, Bangladesh, Bolivia, Brazil, um, Comoros, Egypt, Iran, Iraq, Jordan, Kuwait, Lebanon. Um, Let's see if I can zoom this up, actually. That's better. Um, Maldives, Mar Mauritania, Morocco, um, Nam Namibia, um, Nicarag Nicaragua, Oman, Pakistan, Palestine, uh, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, Tunisia, Turkey, Uyua, Uae, Venezuela and Yemen. Bloody hell. There's quite a few going against that, eh? So now I'm going to go all the way down to the bottom. <laughs> Got things all over the place here tonight, that's for sure. All right. Happening now, more than 125K are without power as the winter storm continues to move through the metro of De Detroit, Michigan. Massive um, storm there, 125,000 without power. I'm not sure if it was on. This is going back a couple of hours ago. But um, it's a fair freaking chunk of people without power, guys. That's for bloody sure. Let's go back in the water. I haven't done a little bit about water for a while. I'm a big advocate with water and um, using salts. Um, special, not just table salt. Um, look, I use the analogy like if an animal's sick, like a horse or a dog or something, you go down to the vet or to the fodder store and you get a um a rock salt and there's actually deer it is or elk and there's um in this area there's lions i think or tigers and they've got to go into this canyon and they've got to lick the salt because there's salt down there to lick and they actually risk their lives to go and lick this salt fascinating stuff it's the same when you're dehydrated a lot of people think you can just drink water alone and that's it well it's you're actually pissing most of it out, to be honest with you. You're not actually hydrating your inner cells. Um, I think this lady is about to present it. I've played her a few times, you know, very similar, a couple of her other um, findings. or um, She does like, um, you know, when people get up on stage, presentation, I guess you'd call it. Her name's um, Barbara O'Neill, and she's been around for quite some time, quite a few years, actually. And she goes on a lot of little different health tips and things like that so on this one um we're going to go into the um into the water issue about getting it into your cell your brain is um and it goes into your brain system and all this about the the um the hydroelectrolytes and all these sort of things hydroelectricity and 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 all this so i'm 
what I'm going to read, what I think she's going to present anyway. So I'll put her on. Let's have a listen to her. Barbara. It's water in. It's not long before you're looking for the little house because huge water is about to come out. We want the water in the cell. Mm -hmm. So very important to keep your body well hydrated. Your brain is a hydroelectric system. No hydro, no electricity. Many frontal lobes go down because of dehydration. One cup of coffee requires five glasses of water to make up for the dehydrating agents in one cup of coffee. We had a lady come to our program. She brought her mother who had dementia. The mother was in her 70s. We discovered that the mother didn't drink any water and we discovered that the mother was very constipated. So we uh, started giving her water and we got the plumbing cleaned out. And within 24 hours, there was no dementia. Isn't that scary? How many people in aged care? It's purely because they're constipated. And by the way, if they're on drugs, they'll be constipated. <laughs> and I know nurses are so busy. They'll say, have you drunk water? And if the person's got dementia, they'll say, oh, heaps. And they haven't drunk a thing. <laughs> Pretty much. So it's very labor intensive for the nurses to try and get the people to drink water. That's why it's so good you hear this lecture now while you still have your frontal lobe sparky. Don't let the devil rob you of your crown. What's your crown? It's your frontal lobe. Can you see the devil wants human beings in a state where they can't even choose God? One she forgot to go under the salt bit, but I have brought that up before. Celtic salt and Himalayan salt, especially... Celtic salt contains 82 minerals. Um, I'm, she has another one that she presents that goes into that. And um, it also contains like magnesium chloride, magnesium bromide, magnesium sulfate. So it's got all these um, really good properties, that's for sure. And because magnesium is, well, it's a very water-hungry molecule, it can be used to help the water get into the cell. So, yeah, Barbara, now she's been around for a while. Um, she's... She suggests, you know, like um, getting a grain or two in your mouth and drinking water. I personally, I use about five um, grams, which is about a level um, small teaspoon or coffee spoon, you know, um, a, a day, which is a protocol in certain army protocols. Well, one of them is Israeli army, I think. It's, um, they use five grams on their um, daily intake of salts. So I just usually... Um, you know, um, sometimes I just put a little bit in the water. I actually got two bowls of water in with the animals, the cats and dogs mainly. And they always go for the bit where I've cracked some salt, some Himalayan salt in it. So that proves that. Try that study at home, guys. Get two little bowls and see if your cat or dog is attracted more to the, put a, you know, put about two two grams of salt in it or whatever. Um, it's put about half a little, um, you know, small spoon in there. And, um... And just see which they're attracted to. You might be surprised. They might be lacking salt, you know. So, yeah, it's the same when we get um, dehydrated. We go to hospital and they put us on a saline, you know, drip, which is just pretty much salt. Now, the pornographic industry, I wonder who's running all these sort of shenanigans. Let's go through a few names and some quotes, and the, or if not quotes, it'll be the organisation that they're involved in. See if you can um, connect the dots here. I've got one, two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen people I'm going to read out. See, by the end of it, you can work out where I'm going. There is a connection here, guys, between the whole lot of them. 
The first one now doesn't necessarily go into all of them, but it covers one, two, three. Um, well, it covers MindGeekSex.com, MatchHeart, uh, Tinder, Xvideos, Pornhub, RedTube, Bang Bros, um, Ocu, Occupied. Oh, what else have we got here? Um, Chatter. I can't really read that. Chatter bait or something. X hamster, um, plenty of fish, wicked pictures, mofos.com, um, XNXX or something like that is vivid, um, blackered, slade, um, gr- grinder, um, tushy, um, or grinder, oh, yeah, but bumble, penthouse club, um, brazers, and reality kings. Right, so it doesn't necessarily say their organisations, but let's see either their quotes or a little thing about them. We've got Al Goldstein. The only reason Jews are in porno pornography is that we think Christ sucks, Catholics, Catholic, Catholicism sucks. Excuse the language here, guys. It's going to be quite profane, no doubt. Gary uh, Creeman, founder of Sex.com and Match.com. Adam Glaser, king of gonzo porn. Mike um, College, K-U, oh, College, yeah. Um, What is it? Monarchy Distribution. Sam Roth. Um, Roth, United States, 1957, made pornography protected speech. Um, Nathan Abrams, anal sex is Jewish sex. That's a quote of his. I'll mention, I'll show, I should mention him, quote. Sean Rad, founder of Tinder. Ron Jeremy, a quote. I got the F Roman Catholic chicks and fulfill every fantasy every Jewish boy ever had. Greg Langsky, um, of, he says, it's a quote, I don't know if it's a site or what, but he says Spielberg porn, or, or the Spielberg of porn, classes himself. Um, Joel Simkaya, Simkai, founder of Grinder. Um, Fabian uh, Thalman, he's the CEO of Manwin Mind Geek, um, bankrolled no condoms campaign for porn. Um, Ruben Sturman, his quote is Walt Disney of porn, classes himself. Um, Stephen Pacord, founder, uh, founder WGZC and X Videos. Steve Orenstein, founder of Wicked Video. And David F. Friedman, he quotes, the trash film king. It says at the bottom here, look up Revelations 3.9, for those in the religious know. Um... The connection between all of them guys, they're all Jewish. That's right, all Jewish. Now, this one's, the Who has been exposed for something, some shenanigans here, guys. Sexualizing kids is part of the United Nations Agenda 2030. It is their goal to get all this done by then. The official statements from the United Nations are clear. They want the entire world to be transformed, making sure that little children have sexual relationships, learn how to embate, 
and use online pornography is part of the agenda. In the United States, the Biden administration has released statements confirming plans to implement this agenda throughout the US as soon as possible and no later than 2030. In a statement here that exposes the WHO, the um, agenda to sexualize children, the agenda to ensure that little children have sexual partners is being further developed by the World Health Organization. Their documents, or their document, Standards for sexual Sexuality Education in Europe, contains the following instructions for kindergartens and elementary schools. <clears throat> this is, I guess, part of the Common Core curriculum, obviously, what they've rounded out. Um, we've got one, two, three, we've got four things that have been pulled out of this document. Children between zero and four years must learn about M-Bation, you know, I'd have to can fill in the gaps, and develop an, an interest in their own bodies. Children between four and six must learn about M-Bation and be encouraged to express their sexual needs and wishes. Um, children between six and nine must learn about S in and course online porn oh, um, and having a secret love and self stimulation. <sighs> Unbloody real guys. Children between nine and twelve years should have their first sexual experience and learn to use online pornography. Hey. Eh? Jesus, I tell you, what a sick, 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 twisted, freaking world we live in, guys. Freaking hell. Hmm. Right, this is a quote by Timothy Leary. Admit it, you aren't like them. You're not even close. You may occasionally dress yourself up as one of them. Watch the same mindless television shows they do. Maybe even eat the same fast food sometimes. But it seems that the more you try to fit in, the more you feel like an outsider, watching the normal people as they go about their automatic existence. For every time you say club passwords like, have a nice day, and weather's awful today, eh? You yearn inside to say forbidden things like, tell me something that makes you cry. But what do you think deja vu is for? Face it, you even want to talk to that girl in the elevator. But what if that girl in the elevator are thinking the same thing? You want to talk, and the balding man who walks past your cubicle at work are thinking the same thing. Who knows what you might learn from making, from taking a chance on conversation with a stranger. Everyone carries a piece of the puzzle. Nobody comes into your life by mere coincidence. Trust your instincts. Do the unexpected. Find the others. Very interesting. Something to really think about, that's for bloody sure. Now, next on my little list here, 
this lady's got something to say. The question is, can you relate? Have a listen to this lady. She goes for about a minute and a half, two minutes, I think. If I could personally share with you the greatest tip to success, I mean the greatest tip ever to success, it's don't take action unless there is alignment between your opposing parts. And it's frustrating sometimes because what you're going to watch is you're going to watch yourself sitting there working on this pattern for like two to four freaking hours while other people are like running forward. But I can guarantee you they did so in spite of some parts. So what's going to happen is they're going to go ahead of you. You're going to sit here. You're going to work on that alignment. Once you get the alignment, the push that you make is going to propel you far beyond where they are. So it, it makes people uncomfortable because it's the opposite of what your parents taught you. Everybody taught you work, work in spite of the energies that are pulling in opposition. Nah, I'm changing the game on you, and I realize it's going to be difficult, but I cannot tell you what this will change. You will be able to accomplish things in an 18th of the effort that it takes the average person. The greatest tip to success is find alignment before you act. You can find the full video at it's called tealswan.com slash premium. It's titled 2018 Seattle Workshop. It's a workshop that involves inspirational um, thoughts and theories. Um, the truth that Putin is a new world order puppet. I'm not sure if this one's going to actually load quick enough, so we'll just give it a quick go. This was done six years ago. Over six years, I think it was, actually. might have been eight. Let's have a look and see if this loads first. Uh, I'm just trying to see the year. 24, it was put out. But it was um six years old video, time before you, the time before Ukraine. Have a listen to this for three and a half minutes. just going on his wording he was an ex-KGB and he spoke at the 2012 inauguration under the all-seeing eye um, right behind him up on this up on the wall he's um rural arch just it's going too fast that, that I can't every time I pause it the other screen comes up so I can't continue with that I thought it was going to be audio um, I don't know if this is true or, or what, but it says here that Paris, where did that bloody go then? Hey, well, that was weird. That was, no way. What the hell? I was just looking at this thing and it, this whole thing come up. All right. I'm not going to go there. 
that one was just more of a um a bit of a theatric sort of thing now this person reckons they've got the i think it's an aramaic scripture of the Lord's Prayer. I thought um, Christians might find this interesting or anyone just in particular that are into this sort of thing. Let's have a listen to what he's got to say. I want to read to you she. the original Lord's Prayer from the Bible. I want to read to you the original Lord's Prayer from the Bible, which is insane to read because this is the direct Aramaic translation that they didn't tell us. And it's beautiful. O cosmic birther of all radiance and vibration, soften the ground of our bodies and carve out a space within us where your presence can abide. Fill us with your creativity so that we may be empowered to bear the fruit of your mission. Let each of our actions bear fruit in accordance with our desires. Endow us with the wisdom to produce and share what each being needs to grow and flourish. Untie the tangled threads of destiny that bind us as we release others from the entanglement of past mistakes. Do not let us be seduced by that which would divert us from our true purpose, but illuminate the opportunities of our present moment. For you are the ground, the truthful mission, the birth, the power, and fulfillment, as all is gathered and made whole again. And so it is. That is not the same prayer. You can find that prayer at the link in my bio. I do this every morning and it like fills me up with light. That's not the same religion. Listen to those words and what feeling they're asking you to embody. It's pure power. Yeah. Well, there you go. The Strange Story of the Synagogue with Secret Tunnels on the Joe Rogan Show. <laughs> the Joe Rogan Experience. I don't know exactly what's happening. All I know is very short clips that I found on the internet. But the funniest thing is this one guy on Twitter that was saying a while back, uh, I live on a, a ground floor apartment and I hear Jews underneath me. <laughs> It's like you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, that's anti-Semitic. <laughs> exactly. And now he's like, I told you I wasn't crazy. <laughs> but this guy's just... <laughs> just... But what are they doing? Like, I, I heard that they hired people to build, like, this tunnel, and they were hanging out, and, like, the people who lived there for, like, three weeks, these, like, migrant workers, were just digging this tunnel, and they stayed there for three weeks. But what's the purpose of it? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know anything. I just know that there's tunnels, and that this, there's this one video of this guy coming out of the sewer... So he lifts a manhole cover, comes out of the sewer, and then he's fucking wandering around, this Hasidic Jewish guy. And everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing down there? Yeah, that's really bizarre. They wouldn't come out, too. The cops had to get them out. Like, they were like, we don't want to come out. And they were, like, charged with disorderly conduct. Or something. I, I don't know. The whole fucking world is just weird. What do you know about this, Jamie? Anything? <laughs> I've heard anything. <laughs> yeah. The best I've gotten is that, that they started making them during COVID. But that, like... That line that makes sense, but it also you see the tunnels. You're like, no way, that's not. You didn't do that in two years or a year or six months or whatever. It was. They weren't exactly nice tunnels either. They were just kind of shitty, rudimentary, basic holes. Right, like, were they yeah. were they doomsdayers? Or that was they thought the world was gonna end. I... 
Wait a minute, the tunnels are so big that you don't think they could make them in two years? Is that what you're saying? Some of them look big. It's really? Like, I, how do you, I mean, some of them are saying they go, multi, they're, they're going to multiple different buildings. It's like oh. a series of tunnels. It's not just a well, tunnel. Let's, let's look into this. I, they're look. still looking into it. I don't know. Like, the, when did it discovered? It was it yesterday? It's only been discovered a couple of years ago. I forget how. A couple of years ago? Days ago. It, days ago. Uh, some, I forget even how they discovered it. I think they were looking. Uh, it's probably that guy complaining. He probably heard something, and, and then maybe they saw something <laughs> come out of the manhole cover, and somebody put two and two together. I have no idea what happened. Yeah, Weird. it's strange. But it's very bizarre. And then, of course, there's conspiracy theories and what are they doing down there and evil, evil theories. They immediately want to pour concrete in it, which makes sense because it's probably not safe. You gotta, it's not supporting the weight of the, you know, of all the buildings above it. Yeah, you don't think of that when you move into an apartment building that some asshole might build a tunnel underneath <laughs> and collapse the fucking, collapse the building on you. <laughs> Imagine if you're on the ground floor and you're like, why does my floor have so much gear? <laughs> These assholes are building a sinkhole under my house. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, uh, but it's funny how, like, things are so crazy. Like, you read about something like that, and it doesn't even stand out that much. Like, we talk about it now, and then tomorrow will be some other weird shit. Right. Like, every day it's something weird. It's, it's something crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's way more than ever before. Yeah. We got, we got, Jeremy. Here's what the New York News was saying. <laughs> happened on Monday afternoon, I guess, so it's very new. <laughs> something about tunneling. Yeah. It's just so crazy. Yeah, like, that's such a commitment. Oh, yeah. Right Isn't it interesting, like, if you build on top of a building, it's no big deal. You go under the building like, what are you doing? Yeah, you're really destabilizing. You're in a tunnel. For several hours, police pleaded with the young men to leave the entrance to the tunnel, according to the witnesses. After they refused, the officers covered the area with a wire curtain and entered the dusty crevasse with zip ties to detain the protesters. When they took the first person out with zip ties, that's when the outburst happened. Baruch Dahan, a 21-year-old study of the synagogue who videotaped the congregants fighting. Almost everyone was against what they did, but as soon as people saw the handcuffs, there was confusion and pushing. Footage posted to social media shows scores of onlookers, mostly young men, jeering at the NYPD's community affairs officers. Some lifted wooden desks into the air, sending prayer books scattering. In response, the officer appeared to deploy an irritating spray to disperse the group. So how did they find out about this? I don't know, but even after hearing that, I still know nothing about what they were doing or why. I think they're just starting to try to figure it out. So, so scroll down a little more. Well, it didn't okay. have a good like, explanation on what the initial call was for it. I was trying to, I was going to switch to a different article. And why are they being called protesters? Like, what were they protesting? If you're just sitting in a tunnel, is that actually a protest? Everyone's a protester. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's an activist. Yeah. Uh, officials and locals said young men in the community recently built the passage to the sanctuary in secret. When the group's leaders tried to seal it off on Monday, they staged a protest that turned violent as police moved in to make arrests. How long does it take to make a tunnel? They, I, I've been assuming a couple of years if it went that, uh, that far. It all depends entirely on what's down there already. Were they putting pot, dirt in their pockets like fucking Shawshank? That's what they said they were doing. They had like dirt in their pockets. <laughs> Escape from freaking. Oh boy, what an asshole endeavor. What a rough time for the Jews. It is, yeah, yeah. This doesn't. They're getting it from all angles. They really are. And then yeah. this on top of that. And, and and it's like the whole the whole planet just hates each other. Everybody fucking hates each other. It's weird, right? It is. 
I don't even think it's about the issues. I don't think people are necessarily – people believe what they believe, but I think it's more the, the addiction to arguing and the addiction to being angry. Like no matter what the subject, people just hate each other. If, they give, if, if someone gives the wrong answer, the people who think it's the wrong answer hate your guts. <laughs> One weird world. This was a strange days indeed, eh? Very strange. Trailer, the Mexican expedition. This is a trailer. This is going to be great. Can't wait till this comes out. What you can expect with this Gen 6 expedition. It starts with the next expeditions in Mexico. Never before seen footage. Each shovel of dirt being emptied. Each route being cut. And each artifact unearthed in real time for excavated holes. Some eight feet deep. Mind-boggling height, depth and width of filming showing every detail and action. No smoke and mirrors, no trick photography, just raw footage from both of Gen 6's expeditions in Mexico. Exposing the truth, viewed on screen is the unpretentious exploration and discovery of ancient artefacts which display the Mesoamerican people's interaction with extraterrestrials from empires that flourished hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, and from pre-Adamic times. Depicted on camera are ancient artefacts showing hybrids or interdimensional beings, fallen angels who are masquerading as aliens and ancient Egyptian gods. A matter of seed. Artefacts herald the reinfestation of fallen angels in a new Genesis 6 type encounter, returning at the end of the age. Double helixes on several artifacts indicate the genetic manipulation of ancient peoples by the fallen angels that will be revisited on modern man in our era. Time marked for the end of the age. Gen 6 productions reveal ancient evidence that you need to be aware of in order to be prepared for the end of the age. Mankind is being set up for the great deception, which will tell humanity that aliens, fallen angels, are our creators. These artifacts expose fallen angel interactions with ancient Egyptians, Toltecs, Aztecs, and Mayans which point to the genetic corruption of ancient mankind and the resumption of that corruption on an unsuspecting modern man. Steve Quayle, why are our findings in Mesoamerica relevant? It's crucial to understand the genetic manipulation that occurred in ancient times, which is also occurring now in our modern times just as in the days of Moses, um, Abraham Moses and all that sort of stuff that's at gen6.com g-e-n-s-i-x.com slash the Mexico expeditions alien artifacts unearthed I can't remember if it actually speaks on this one but let's have a look I know I can remember them digging up some quite amazing things Let's see if they've got something to say on their trailer.
Ultimately, in the end, we want to bring the truth to the world. Jesse is down in the midst of cartel country. It is a dangerous place. Artifacts in Mexico are evidentiary of this corruption in the seat of man. What they depict are ancient aliens coming back to Earth who are really fallen angels in disguise and telling us that they are our creators. Straight alien with an exoskeleton. We're talking about fallen angels. We're talking about entities with supernatural intelligence and wisdom beyond anything anybody who's a normal human could even begin to understand. Here it is. Bam, baby! We are at a time unlike any in history. The thing is, this is a time warning. This is a time marker. It is a warning. We got a discovery here. We found something, you guys. Okay. Wow. This is like next level. There it is there, ladies and gentlemen. Gen 6 Productions bringing to you literally extraterrestrial and human contact. These aliens and divine beings are amongst us, have been and are interacting with us on different levels and walks of life. There's another one. Whoa, wow. Oh, wow. There you have it. Close up, uncut, and raw. Gen 6 Productions Archaeology. At this moment, before the end of the age, you will see with your own eyes each shovel, each root that has been cut, and each artifact that has been uncovered. so I can have a look after I publish this soon. That's the way, before I lose it. Episode, this is the Solomon Island Bigfoot. Have a listen to this. There's this creature called the Hakamora. This thing is like a Bigfoot creature that also lives in the Solomon Islands. The theory is there's multiple hybrid human things that live in these islands. But the Kakamora, it's like a four to five foot Bigfoot. And it goes in and kidnaps children and eats them. That is terrifying. Um, I'm just imagining this like dense little buff. Yeah, like, like a Tasmanian devil. Grabbing kids. But supposedly their language is like this cackling. Stop. The villagers all around the Solomon Islands talk about how they hear them in the woods at night gather together and they cackle. Cackle talk and even sing songs in their cackle. But give me the best said, cackle. Dude, that's Stop. A- <laughs> Stop. 
I'm just in the middle of the night. Just... <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. But they're pretty unintelligent. They steal food as well, like from their fruit, fruit trees. Yeah. But they don't even know how to make fire. But they're intelligent enough to come in and steal fire from villages and bring it back to where they are. Hot potato, hot potato. <laughs> pretty much. This is another one. Um, this is also this is the Japanese soldiers encountered giants. Did they have a listen to this? Apparently, there's rich history of giants regarding the Solomon Islands. We're take you back on this little journey through history. World War Two. The Japanese have invaded. Started taking over the Solomon Islands because they were going to be pivotal to cut off trades with like Australia. So they're just trying to take over the whole Pacific at this point, right? Cool. They get to the Solomon Islands, specifically uh, Guadalcanal, and then the U.S. came, and there was no Japanese to be seen. So they're coming in thinking that it was going to be like a D-Day kind of thing. No resistance. Turns out all the Japanese were in the woods. What the locals had said was that these Japanese were picked off by giants. So the Japanese go in there, and they were attacking U.S. soldiers as the U.S. soldiers were coming in. But a lot of Japanese surrendered, which is not what they would do at that time because the Japanese said that survival after defeat was a disgrace. They are apparently so freaked out of what was happening. These giant men reported to be 8 to 15 feet tall red hair would come and eat the Japanese soldiers, rip them apart and just eat them yeah. right there on the spot. Like so, no cooking. Yeah. Sushi. I mean, they get it. <laughs> yeah, wow, what a trip. Let's see what we got in the room. Well, we're at 1 hour 22, so if anyone would like to call in. Uh, Roy is out the room now. She she called in at the beginning. I just let her come up and introduce herself a bit. Uh, I think she's a 33-year-old lady from Iran. She sounded a lot younger, but she has trouble understanding uh, English. So it was a bit of a complicated um, conversation, but we managed. We managed somehow. Um gentleman by the name of Valdus Mem Memcatus is in the room. Would you like to ring in for Orvatus, or I'll just continue for a bit longer and see. Um, I might shut it off in about, um, I reckon, half an hour at the most, between now and half an hour. Um, I'll line up a few more things here. Um, well, that hour of 22 went bloody quick. Now, I put up a an interesting one. Now, I put up, um, the, it's called, well, on here it's called The Doctor Who Cracked ex Existence. But um, it's a fascinating one for, it's about if you're into frequencies and hertz and vibrations. Um I thought I'd pretty much just about seen everything on the internet about it, and I come across this one today through Telegram. So it's not published actually anywhere. It's um, on you know the usual platforms, and it goes for th about what was it thirty thirty three minutes? Into our lives. Yeah, uh, thirty eight minutes. I'll give you a taste for five minutes because it's fascinating. No, he's right at the end. The film they were about to see has no characters. It has no people. It is a film to describe to you and explain visually the effect of cymatic frequencies on texture, structure, water, oil. If you spare a little of your imagination as you watch this film as it runs, you will see many things that answer many questions. You will see living forms, living amoeba, almost animal-like creatures. You will see continents being formed, the Earth itself coming into existence. You can see all this and watch it before your eyes. Everything owes its existence solely and completely to sound. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. We are told that this is how the worlds began and how creation took shape. We put that into the modern idiom and say that into the great voids of space came a sound and matter took shape. 
Please watch carefully. Dr. Peter Guy Manners laid the foundation. Now we delve even deeper. The question is, are you ready to uncover the truths that have been meticulously concealed for centuries? Frequency and vibration, concepts long studied with their sheer power archived in thousands of classified documents. The CIA, amongst other agencies, has detailed the immense capabilities of these forces. Their potential to induce earthquakes isn't merely a conspiracy theory, it's a documented reality. Numerous patents reveal the potential to influence weather patterns, hinting at the capacity to create rain and even hurricanes. The military's clandestine involvement in this domain suggests the gravity of its implications, the secrecy, the layers of obfuscation, all point to something profound. Consider this. The Wi-Fi signals permeating our environment are invisible forces we've come to rely upon. It's there, always present, allowing us to connect, communicate, and navigate our digital world. Similarly, the television, a staple of modern living, functions through electronic beams scanning rapidly back and forth, translating signals into images and sounds. This is the palpable power of frequency, present in our everyday lives, often taken for granted. Yet, in an era of incessant notifications and relentless distractions, our attention spans wane. We stand at the brink of revelations about sonic sorcery, yet risk being pulled away by a mere ping on our devices. The Illuminati, that shadowy ensemble, is believed to possess arcane knowledge of these frequencies, using them as instruments of control, influence, and dominion. There's a silent battle, an ongoing hunt for specific powerful frequencies that can reshape the very fabric of society and reality. If we falter, if our attention wavers, we may lose more than just a piece of information. We might lose an entire battle in a war we didn't even know we were a part of. It's a battle for knowledge, for power, and for the future of our world. So, I urge you, as we venture deeper into this world of hidden harmonies and clandestine chords, to remain vigilant. Understand the urgency. These aren't mere sounds or vibrations. These are the threads weaving the tapestry of our reality. Guard your focus, for in it lies the key to unlocking secrets that could define the course of our future. As we pull back the layers of secrecy, deception, and sonic sorcery, Brace yourselves for truths that might just redefine everything you thought you knew. So that's the beginning. It goes for 38 minutes, actually. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. It really gets right into it all. Um, I also done one earlier today on Russell's show, OON, um, Outside of Normal. And um, I covered the Cabbage Patch, um, the Cabbage Patch Kids and... And beyond, it sort of went fairly, fairly lame at the beginning. You know, just the usual thing that we hear about. Then I went back to the 1800s and we, I sort of dug a bit deeper into it there, went off onto the orphan trains and the um, Tartaria and all these other issues, postcards and some other shenanigans. It was, yeah, pretty thorough. I covered as much ground as possible about that, which does take you down other rabbit holes. Um, I do it every Saturday Australian time at um, about one thirty in the afternoon, and um, 
Well, I don't know how long the show went, actually. I think it went just under two hours. I was pretty much just going for broke and a couple of people just commenting here and there. I've done JFK the week before, and um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to put together this Saturday um, Project Bluebeam. So just check him out if you want to see any shows or come in live and, and check it out as well. And, um, yeah, so you know, it was a real... <laughs> I pretty much put it together 11 hours straight. Oh, I had one hour nap in between. It's just, it was a pretty big mission to get that one accomplished. I can tell you, JFK wasn't too bad because um, I'd already had a pretty good overall rounding of that, you know, in, in sequences and time frames and everything else and other shenanigans and that conspiracy. So um, I know a bit about Project Bluebeam, so that one shouldn't be too difficult to really get a um a show going about that as well i'll just see i must i reckon i'm coming pretty close to the end of this one there's this guy all right wait i'll just pause him he's got what he's got a bicycle wheel okay no tire on it and what he's done he's got bottles of water they're half half full okay so he's got them he's got them tied up so they're coming out protruding on an angle of about 45 degrees from the tie. So he's tied it where the where the lid goes on. Um, if you could imagine, it's hard to explain. To the very right, about, um, not six, about five o'clock, the very bottom one, when it comes around, faces exactly out straight from the wheel. So all the way around, so when the next one comes down, that'll be on the same angle. And... What he does, he gives it one little turn, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bottles. Whoops. Oh, damn it. I went too far. They look... Oh, eight. I, yeah, there's one on the top. I couldn't see that one. So there's eight bottles all around in that same, like, half-filled in the same sort of thing. And he gives it a little spin just a touch. And this thing just spins automatically, just keeps on going, well, indefinitely. And he's got a belt attached to it that goes down to a mini generator. Um, it's only a small one. And he can power um, a light bulb and a fan he shows from the electricity produced from this wheel just spins with pretty much free energy, apart from what it takes to actually put it together. Quite a real basic to, to see. This is why I want to... I actually went to join Twitter um, yesterday... And well, X now, and you know what the buggers have done. Like, I was banned about six years ago, I reckon, five at the minimum, for life. You know, they gave me a life ban because I bought them up on their um, allowing children material on there and um, put together some pretty damning evidence and um, accusations. So instead of acknowledging that and um, getting rid of their rubbish and filth that they had on there, they decided to ban me for life. Go figure that one out. And um, so I thought, oh, well, that was going back quite some time. And um, I thought I'd just rejoin. And sure enough, I um, I rejoined and X's had the same policy. I can't even get on X as well. So, so much for taking over the company, eh? You know, nice and fresh. And, uh, you know, we're a bit more, got our, you know, a bit more lenient and all that crap. And, uh, yeah, so I can't get on Twitter because I was going to publish all these things and then link it up to tele uh, to Podboom. So what I'm going to have to work out this week I really want to do is get onto Rumble 
or um, BitChute. And I'm going to start a, um, I'm going to start a, uh, what do you call it, a channel there. And I'm going to try and, uh, might get my son to help me, he's pretty cluey on these things. And try and make it all this into a video format, my shows. <clears throat> and put them in order of as I go along. So I'm going to have to work out a way that I can mix the audio with the with the video as well. This is going to be the tricky part. But at least for now, I can put all these things up and I'll put them in sequence of, you know, I'll just say, okay, video number one, two, and then you can go through then and I'll timestamp it on the thing. And then people can go back and look at these things. You know, I've got so many, you know, just that archaeological thing, what they're pulling out the ground. It's hard to explain, you know. There's this other one i come across. That's um, how to boil water with four candles. You know, those baking dishes you make little muffins out of. Well, he's got four of those small, flat, flattish candles, the round ones, and he sits them in the baking dish and then puts a pot on top and it, it cooks, it produces enough heat to, um, yeah, to, to, to boil water for his cup of tea. Well, there's little things you can do in life, guys. This one here, this guy was jailed. You'd never guess what he was jailed for. Have a listen to this. A close look at this guy. He's in a maximum security prison in Westchester with some of the most dangerous criminals in the state. His bail's been set at almost a million dollars, but he's not a murderer. He's not a rapist or a drug dealer. Believe it or not, the reason this guy's behind bars is because of these. Apricot seeds. Yup, apricot seeds. And it's what he says these seeds can do that has landed him in jail. All I want to do is help. I want to heal. I want to bring out the truth. His name is Jason Vale. It's in the food. It's in the seed. Let me take back the word cure. I don't want to be in trouble for saying the word cure, which you can't say. But the reality is Jason is in big trouble as he sits in jail awaiting sentencing on contempt charges. Unreal. Unreal. I think it's the vitamin B17 in the apricot seeds that does it. So there's I'm um, getting some really good benefits with that stuff. Americans are outlawed from using bitter almonds. Oh yeah, B17 to fight cancer. Apricot seeds, he, it looks like he had a book. Um, cancer Cure with Vitamin B17 is the name of the book. So yeah, the old Petro freaking pharmaceutical companies don't want that, do they? You know, we can't have people getting cured. That That's not good for business at all. No, that's not good for business at all. <clears throat> chemotherapy now this is the one that i bought up yesterday so i think i've reached yep i've reached it okay well that was worked out pretty good one hour and 30 oh that's good that's actually that will do me because i'm actually done a couple of fairly big shows today and i'm didn't get much sleep and i only got an hour um overnight so i'm pretty tired so um i might just take it out with a song and um, and leave it at that for the night, I reckon, because I'm starting to get that. Words are starting to get a little bit mixed up, <laughs> sort of thing, you know what I mean? Like, whoa, might be time to crash, I think, the old Oz. <laughs> He's starting to lose his major, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's after well, 11.30 at night, nearly 20 to 11. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. <sighs> 
been a big day guys i can tell you that right now so i'll um i'll just get a song here all right all right we're going to take it out with a bit of dubstep black back in black i'll catch us all on the next episode guys you all take care out there and um i will be back tomorrow night the same batty time 10 p.m adelaide standard time south australia there is no doubt about it so we shall end the broadcast which will take about two minutes we hit that next button there we'll get a second one now the cheeky little beggars and we'll go for it you all take care out there i'll catch us on the next episode there is no doubt about that